Welcome back to The Daily Drum on WHUR, Sirius XM Channel 141, 96.3 HD2 and 98.3 FM. This is the Insight Segment. I'm Harold Fisher. How do you know when you need a lawyer? The answer isn't as easy as you may think. You may have a dispute with your neighbor, perhaps your insurance company. What about a car accident? What if you are arrested? Well, tonight, we're letting you ask the lawyers about your legal issues. My guests are civil rights attorney Donald Temple, bankruptcy attorney Georgette Miller, and criminal defense attorney Bobby Henry. Lines are open. Give us a call at 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. You can X me at H. Fisher, W-H-U-R, or find me on Instagram at Harold T. Fisher. And just a reminder... It, you don't have to retain them today. So you better get your questions in. <laughs> you better get your questions in today. Thank you all so much for, for joining this conversation. Georgette, uh, before I open up the lines, I do have some questions that I want to ask the three of you. But I, I'll start with you. As you know, we have a, a looming federal government shutdown. Coming. And, uh-huh. and as we've seen during the last shutdown, even if you've got one of those good government jobs, that your finances could be impacted. What legal advice might you have in the event that we see another 35 day long shutdown where there's no money coming in? Well, for those of you, I mean, I always treat an individual as if you're a small business or like any other business. If you're over leveraged, meaning you have more debt than you have income, it is time to deleverage. And by deleveraging, I mean it's time for you to eliminate your debts. Eliminate whatever unsecured debts you have as quickly as as possible. Now, I'm a, I'm a bankruptcy attorney, so I'm, I'm not even going to play nice about it. If you're in debt, you need to seek bankruptcy counsel and try to eliminate your debt so that you can, um, so that you can quite sail through the storm. Mm-hmm. But it, that, that's a thought process that each of us as individuals should be going through, whether there's a shutdown or not. You know, bankruptcy is your legal right. You know, it's like voting. You either choose to use it or you don't. So for those of you facing a 35-day shutdown or a shutdown of any kind, you need to get out of debt by any legal means necessary. And, and you're, you're, of course, you're suggesting this when you're talking about overwhelming debt, certainly not debt no, that you have. Debt, a- and, and, any, any debt that has you up at night, is overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it real. Okay. If you can't sleep at night, or if it's taking, if it's taking away from, look, I'm 51. I just had my 51st birthday, so I know I have more behind me than I have ahead of me. If your debt is robbing you of those moments with your family, it's overwhelming, and you need to check yourself and check it. 
that that that's an that's an interesting thing. I we've got a lot to get to, and I'm sure we've got some questions for you from from our listeners. But I, I did also want to talk about some of these other uh, kind of headline legal things, and and you know, it, it can be. Excuse me. Uh, you know, Donald or Bobby, you know, you can jump in. But the first thing I, I want to talk about, and we talked, we, we touched on this briefly just yesterday about uh, black plaintiffs who have filed a lawsuit are concerning wrongful arrests because of this new facial rec- recognition technology. I, you know, Donald, I'm assuming this is a civil rights issue. Yeah, it's a, it's a Fourth Amendment issue. And of course, with this technology, the presumption is is that you can have facial recognition that can match a person, but the reality is that the facial recognition is not so precisely developed that it's accurate in doing so. And in addition to that, these uh, this technology has algorithm bias, and so particularly the imperfections are are a little bit more sharper when it comes to people of color. And so um, it's, it's a problem, it's a growing problem, and I think the law is responding to it in terms of the Fourth Amendment, because if you are relying exclusively on facial recognition, uh, as was the case in one of the notorious, more no, recent notorious cases, it's a problem. So right now, I think that uh, the, the optimal scenario for, uh, to protect for the government to protect itself is to be uh, to rely on the facial recognition, but other circumstantial factors. In the big case, the the, the young man wasn't even in a state, you know, mm-hmm. and so that was if they had relied on, you know, generally the other kind of facts and evidence that's used to support that Fourth Amendment uh, warrant, then that situation would not have occurred. You said algorithm bias. What is that for for the uninitiated? You know, artificial intelligence is, where does it come from? Somebody is developing this software and intellectual kind of technology, but who is it? I mean, who is it that has these, uh, these, this technology responding to, to people, to culture? It's the people, the people that are doing this themselves have a culture and a sensitivity. And so they bring their their bias to the development of that technology, and that technology includes algorithms and in, in the artificial intelligence space. So is there racism in the artificial intelligence space? Absolutely. It's, it's likely that the, the lion's share of the people who are developing this technology do not look like us. You know, obviously there are, there are some working in that space, but the lion's share of those people may not as you talked about when you're talking about bias may not consider people of color and so as a result you know there there it is um the other case and this is a, a really this is just a bizarre case in in one on one hand uh, you know bobby this case out of alabama it's the, the high school band leader who was tased and arrested for refusing to stop stop the music uh, he had a press conference last week basically saying that this should have never happened and that we know that he and uh, the officials at the school, as they often do, they already have an agreement that after the game they play three songs uh, and then the kids wrap up and they go home. Police apparently were not aware of this, but one way or another, 
instead of having a conversation, they called him, you know, belligerent. This is Alabama. You can take that for what it, for what it's worth. It's worth. Um, they tased him and arrested him. What what what's your your thought about that? It shouldn't happen in America. There's nobody that doesn't know that the bands play during the games and then after the games. No one, no one disputes that. Look, today is Thursday. Saturday is two days away. College football, high school football is all out there. The bands are playing. And obviously, this particular band, director's band, was 145 students strong. That is a major high school band. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, but to get back to the point, and that is, should he be tased because they continue to play the music? You have to ask yourself, what are the procedures for deploying a taser? Did you arrest? Was he under arrest? Was he, was he resisting arrest? Did he present a danger to law enforcement there? He was obviously elevated off the ground so that his band could see him. So he wasn't, you know, about to engage in fisticuffs with the officers. So simply, I say that it's, it's something that really should not be done. And, and I think that our young people should take one thing away from this. And that is simply this. That police officer reports to somebody. Mm. Whoever he reports to reports to somebody. And it ultimately makes its way up to the mayor. It ultimately makes its way up there. And obviously, they need to make sure that they go to the ballot box. I believe that a lot of our issues can be resolved at the ballot box. Mr. Mayor, come down here and explain to us why you have hired a chief of police who deploys officers that uses tasers to arrest a band director. Well, you know, he probably had a baton, and you know how dangerous they, those are. The absolutely. music behind, you know, the... <laughs> <laughs> and and there was one last very important thing that happened there that evening. They turned the lights out yeah. before they left. Yeah, it's it's unacceptable. Let me go to the phone lines two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. We're asking the lawyers tonight: uh, legal issues, financial issues, civil issues, divorce. What if you get arrested? The whole bit. We're talking about it all. Give us a call. Let me go to, is it Let Latnia? Is that the is that your name? Is it Latanya? Latanya. I'm sorry, Latanya. Thank you so much, Latanya. For, forgive me for butchering your name. What's on? Okay. What What's on your mind? What's your question? My question is dealing with fraud. Um, I had a. Uh, uh, a company to I had refinanced my home and I had a company who took my deed and sold it fraudulently to uh, a major banking institute that I've been valuing to let them know that I never that I, I didn't see my information was stolen and that I I'm not you know but in order not to lose my home I, I panicked and I've been paying this on um, um, this high mortgage for something I didn't even take. Um, the, uh, the money I'm like they're saying that these people refinance used like I said taking my deed and took out a loan against what uh, my home so like I said because I was fearful of losing my home I went along with this modif- modification in order to keep my home because I didn't um, have any recourse or uh, like I said I didn't know what to uh, 
could have done at that point. Okay, let me uh, let me see if uh, if any of our experts can handle that. Anybody want to try? I, I don't think that we can really give you legal advice in certain states, and generally. We don't know the circumstances or what your location. Well, you're is. in D.C., right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, but you know, I actually had a conversation with the D.C. Attorney General about the concerns about fraud in the in the in that space and in the foreclosure space in that secondary market and, and, and when these deeds are transferred and they're securitized and in this whole space, there's a lot of of issues there, and we need. And so in your situation, you should be able to report that uh, to the attorney general for the District of Columbia about that. Most people should because it's a big issue and a lot of black people are caught up in that. The other thing, though, is that there are people uh, who specialize in that real estate space who can look at what's happening and how those deeds are because it's really uh, a very detailed area. There are a lot of things that happen when those deeds move from one place to another. There are power attorneys. There are um, um, notarizations, et cetera, that are false. But it's rampant and pervasive. So you got to talk to somebody and you got to make sure you get the documentation because the documentation is also a real issue. And once you get that and you can go to someone, then bringing those cases, there's not a lot of lawyers out here be, that are doing that um, because of the the cost. And it sounds like it's a complicated case, yeah. obviously. The cost and the complexity. Yeah. As this is worked at as someone who, for a lot of my career, did structured and securitized financing, I can say that, yes, there's a lot of stuff that's wrong. However, for you to seek relief, one, you you go to the district attorney of D.C., but another avenue is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And if you go online and make a, a complaint, they they will look into it. Hold, uh, Georgette, Georgette, hold on just one second. I've got to take a break, but I want sure. you to, I, I need you to reiterate that to Latanya, Latanya, don't hang up because I need to make sure that you get that information. Also, Adrian from Baltimore, we're going to be talking to you next. So stay with us. We're talking to the lawyers tonight. 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. I'm Harold Fisher. John Mons is next with the original Quiet Storm. That's on WHUR. This conversation will be back on Sirius XM Channel 141 in just a few seconds. Welcome back to The Daily Drum on Sirius XM Channel 141. I'm Harold Fisher. We're letting you ask lawyers about legal issues tonight. My guests are civil rights attorney Donald Temple, bankruptcy attorney Georgette Miller, and criminal defense attorney Bobby Henry. Lines are open at 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. If you have difficulty getting through because the lines are blocked, please keep trying to get through. I promise uh, I will take as many phone calls as I can up until 8 o'clock. Okay, so before the break, uh, Georgette was suggesting to LaTanya about the, uh, uh, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. Yes, it's the, the federal, uh, it's, it's an arm of the federal government, and it is there for the protection of consumers. And I think it's underused and underknown, 
but yeah. very they have some very powerful rights and they advocate on your behalf. So go online and, and it's cspb.org and file a claim there as well. No, it's dot gov. It's c uh, it's c dot, yeah dot gov. Yes. Uh, yes, CFP is in protection bureau.gov, Latanya. Correct. And, and Harry, I want to go back just to say that it's worth a consultation. A lot of times people say they won't want to talk to, to a lawyer, but it's worth a consultation and investment to take those documents that you have and go talk to someone so that they can look, because they can tell you and translate things and tell you things that you don't know. Bobby Henry does a lot of real estate. He's very familiar with the deeds, the transfers, the and the fraud. That space is really a catch-me-if-you-can space. What kind of lawyer? You want to get a real estate lawyer. You want to get a civil fraud lawyer. You know, you, there's also potentially criminal fraud. You know, and it depends who's doing the fraud because a lot of times, you know, there's settlement people, there, there even lawyers involved in that Absolutely. particular process. Mm, okay. And you recall, the, I forgot I, her name, I, yeah. but Latanya. Latanya. Latanya uh -huh. indicated that um, they sold her information, and that's how they got to it. That was a very, a very, very important point. So therein, that brings in the criminal part of the fraud. Okay. Latanya, I, I've got to go. Got a lot of folks on the line. Good luck to you. Thank you so much for calling. Let me go to Adrian calling from Baltimore. Adrian, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hi, how you doing? Just fine. Um, go right ahead, please. Good. I have been harassed with drones and um, drone birds since the pandemic. The first year I understood that I couldn't get as much help. Now we're going into 2024, so it'll be four years, 2024. I have no privacy in my home. I have no protection as far as any type of privacy. Someone in my neighborhood, I have been to the Baltimore County Police, the FAA, Senator Chris Van Hollen, Faiza Fume, Johnny O, who is the CEO of Baltimore County. I put the videos that I had Comcast install cameras on outside of my home. I got to be my own police. Downloaded those images, gave them to Johnny O um, probably about eight months ago. Um, I tried an HOA lawyer. I live in a community where it's HOA and that didn't work. So I'm trying to find out how do I get this person to stop harassing me with um, a high-tech keeping time with drones, birds, and all other kind of stuff that Amazon sells. Let me ask you this, Adrian, real quick. Uh, uh -huh. First of all, do you know who it is, or do you believe you know who it is? Is somebody in the neighborhood? No, no, well, no not somebody. Do you know who... No, no. Okay, that's yeah. the first thing. The second thing is, do you believe that they are just harassing you or harassing you and others in the neighborhood? I wish I could answer that, but... I don't. I don't really know. But yeah, I, because I yeah, and those and those are those are important questions. Um, but you know that that's where my my legal expertise ends. Uh, anybody with any thoughts about that? What are they doing with the information that they're getting? Are they putting it out on social media? Because you know it's 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 very difficult to control the air above your home. 
Uh, most people think that if you own a plot of land, your house is here, you can go all the way straight up toward the sky. Well, you can't really do that. And well, so it, it is legal to fly the drones around. Right, However, right, it's not legal to, you know, go in to people's private space, get their private information, and then utilize it. And then if they are doing that, what are they doing with it? Putting it on social media? Are they using it for their own, you know, personal gain or their business gain? And then you can attack it from that way. There's still an invasion of privacy if somebody comes into your property or trespasses on your property. Of drone, and she sounds like it's trespassing on the property. I would say you need to hire a private investigator in the tech space so that you can kind of track that and see what the source of that technology, uh, that drone is. And once you have some identification, it's going to help you to address the issue. Mm. Adrian, you had one more comment. I was saying that I had to sleep with my iPhone to keep the light on, but that's how much this is how, how high the tech. Um, technology is. I can't shower, I can't use the bathroom, I can't go downstairs, I can't go for a walk, I can't do anything in my life for four years. <laughs> and then when it flies it over the top of my house, my whole townhouse vibrates. He has maybe four, maybe started off with one, the gray looking one, now he have high tech stuff, look like police, S-H-I-E. You know, I have mm. no privacy. And then the birds can do more because Amazon sell the birds for um, a pack when they got cameras on the beak of the birds. What? I have no privacy at all. Well, uh, like I said, Adrian, I think as um, as Donald just said, you may want to hire a, a private investigator to to look into that. Particularly if you you seem to have exhausted all of your your other resources, but certainly good luck to you and and thank you so much for your call. Let me go to David, calling from Maryland. David, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hi, thanks for uh, having me on. Sure. So I I um uh recently moved. Uh, my previous landlord, we had some plumbing issues. Uh, we, you know, um, things were getting fixed, and then we didn't have access to water. Then it was like kind of off and on for uh, the month of August. Um, it ultimately did get fixed, but upon finding out um, in the midst of this, uh, there was actually mold. Um, I stayed in a room in the basement, um, and this is after uh, him charging for extra quote-unquote water usage when utilities are supposed to be included. So now that I've moved out, he's uh, saying that he's going to deduct the uh, unpaid uh, water bill from me as well as uh, uh, me staying uh, extra uh, days. Like I, I was paid up until the first. I didn't move out to the ninth, so prorated rate. And he just texted me this morning that uh, I damaged a, a pillowcase and a vase. Okay. So, so basically, you're you you ha you're having a dispute about uh, alleged unpaid. Uh, Issues re related to the apartment that you've moved out of, and and you disagree. You don't believe that yeah. you you owe. Right. It's actually a room in a house, and the landlord is also unlicensed. Um, oh. I have gone. Yes, I have gone to talk to DPI. They said they're going to issue him, you know, a fine, what have you. And I have corresponded with the lawyer via email. But basically, my question is: Do I have the case? Um, should I? 
pursue uh, the um, PG County landlord tenant law, and will I have to come out of pocket? Okay. So, Bobby. Well, there's a you've you've got a lot of issues going on there. The first thing up is that if he is unlicensed, uh, number one, he can't collect anything from you. Uh, number two, um, if you recently moved out, did you put up a security deposit when you moved I, in? I did. Okay. I did, and that, that's what he's trying to withhold. He's saying he's going to deduct the damages, quote unquote, the water not paid. And me saying that I did stay until the ninth. I was only there until the first. But I'm thinking because I had to, we it was it's five of us said it. So because I didn't have access to water and even my own bathroom, he locked out of because they had to uh, repair it. I should be compensated for that. It was, that's kind of another topic. That that is another topic. This is a great segue into probably something else that uh, Mr. Fisher is going to talk about, and that is you have the right to go to small claims court. Uh, you you okay. can you can go to landlord tenant court because he's going he has an obligation under the uh, the county and state laws to give you back your security deposit within forty five days. If he does not right. give it back to you within forty five days, you are entitled to treble damages, and what that means is three times the amount of the security right. deposit that you have put up. Now, also, once you leave the property, he is supposed to do a full walkthrough, but you have the right to be there when he walks through that space so that you can so that you can verify the damages that he's saying that you caused. Now, you, you know, so I, I mean, if I had to give you advice and since I'm a Maryland lawyer, I guess I could give you some advice. Um, I would wait up until the 45 day period uh, because whatever your 45 day whatever your 45 day period is i wait up to that because then you have an offensive weapon to use is that you didn't get your security deposit back you want all you want all the damages that you do okay okay right, david good luck to you thank you so much uh, 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. Uh, Georgette, I, I do have a question. This is, I'm going to go back to this whole bankruptcy thing because, as you know, um, being a black person, <laughs> yeah, you know. Black people don't, I mean, black might, that's the, that's the part of, of this situation where, my practice always before Well, yeah, because, I mean, here's the thing. You know, I was raised to pay my bills. And if they got out of... Yeah, hold on, though. And if, and if I was... And if my bills were keeping me up at night, I needed to get another job and pay my bills. Be, because... And, and, and you're the expert in this regard, but, you know, I've, okay. you know, I've never filed for bankruptcy Thank you, well, Jesus. But well, but well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We had a former president who did it six times, and he calls himself smart for doing it. Right. But people that look like you and me who really need it don't do it, which never made sense to me. When GM in 2008 filed for bankruptcy because they needed to do it so that the company could survive, I actually worked on that. They got rid of close to $500 billion of their unsecured debt. Four years later, they were the number one car company in the world. But I'm, but, 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 but I'm, I, I get it. But 
I'm not a car company, and I most certainly am not Donald Trump, okay? Okay. And most people don't have the access to the resources that, other than your job, that would allow them uh, to... You see, what I want you to do is step back. All right, I'm stepping back. You you have the constitutional right under the Article 3. Right, but just because you can't, I guess my question is, just because I can doesn't mean I should. Well, well, if you have a choice between paying Uh and using that money to save yourself and keep the roof over your head or sleep better at night, yeah. I would hope that we choose ourselves. Yeah, that's true. So how? So let me. How complicated is it, it to? We filed. We filed. We filed. Okay, there was a New York Times article about four years ago that indicates that approximately one million family a year file for bankruptcy. Okay. And for everyone. For every one family that files, there's seven that should but don't. Think about that. Okay. So how easy is it? It's it's as I file several hundred cases, several thousand cases a year. Good grief. And that and dollars to donuts at the end of the filing when when you have if you're doing a simple chapter seven. You can start with me and in four months be debt free and have your credit scores in the 700s within six, within uh, around 12 to 16 months after that. So here's my, qu- I, here's my question. Be- uh-huh. Because I, I remember, uh, you know, a friend of mine years ago wanted to file bankruptcy, but she didn't have the money to file bankruptcy because she didn't have any money. Well, the, here's, the th- here's the thing. For Chapter 7, you've got to come up with the fee up front. And, and that's just because when you file for a Chapter 7, you can get a Chapter 7 discharge from anywhere between $1,500 to $2,500 all in. So right? what, what, like, what is Chapter 7 as opposed to 13 two, or 11? You, or? Have two, you have individuals typically file two, two chapters, either a 7 or a 13. A seven is where you walk into court, say, I'm broke. I can't pay these debts. I haven't paid in the last eight years. And at the end of four months, you get a discharge from the judge saying you are no longer legally, and you're no longer legally obligated to pay those debts. Meaning, think of it as a get out of that jail free card. You walk into court with debt, and at the end of four months when you get your discharge, you have no debt. And you just your credit score is wiped clean, and you start again. So, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead with the chapter thirteen. At chapter thirteen is typically filed by individuals who are high income earners, and by mean high, I mean you have to be like in the hundreds, you know, a hundred and fifty plus, depending on your dependents, or you're behind on something like your house, like you're behind on your mortgage a couple months and you just can't catch up. The bankruptcy court says you have the legal right to catch up over three to five years. So when, you're le- when your mortgage company is telling you, you got to pay me $30,000 now or I'm kicking you out, you have the legal right to walk into bankruptcy court 
and say, no, I'm not going to pay you 30000 now, but I'll pay you 30000 over five years. Hmm. And the bankruptcy court will let you. I see. Let me go back to the phone lines. 202-319-7810. Tiffany calling from Maryland. Thanks for calling, Tiffany. What's on your mind? Yes, hi. Um, I was actually calling. I had a question for Prince George's County. Um, state's attorney, when you are being indicted, how long does it take for the state's attorney to present a discovery report? So she said, "If you're in Prince George's County, you're being indicted, and they, and you're waiting on discovery. How long does that take?" Yes, you're waiting on discovery. Discovery is usually the process that lets the defendant know what evidence the state has against them. Mm-hmm. I think that you're, and maybe you have another question in there. When a person is going before the grand jury, uh, yeah, because that's where you're indicted at is before a grand jury. Uh, So when when a person's matter is before the grand jury, chances are they have received no discovery until after they're indicted. And now they're in into the criminal process. She's talking about a post indictment pretrial. She's talking about post indictment pretrial. The receipt of the, the, the presentation of the evidence from the government to the defendant. That is an ongoing process. There will be an initial battery of discovery that's given to you somewhere three, four weeks after you're indicted. But it's ongoing because the because the investigations are ongoing. Do you have a specific scenario that leads you to that question as to when the discovery should be sent out? Yeah, I, I I assumed and I thought I did my research that it was supposed to be 30 days after being indicted. Yeah, that's three to four weeks. So, yeah, that's that's right along the lines. And okay. and normally they will give you that if they have that. And your defense attorney, your defense attorney is going to propound discovery requests to the state prosecutor's office asking for certain things on your behalf. Now, let's take that another step further. Should you not get the discovery that you have asked for, there are consequences that your defense attorney will pursue against the prosecutor for not turning that discovery over to you. There's there's something called exculpatory, uh, uh, um, you know, discovery, which is that discovery which tends to which tends to prove your innocence. And sometimes people think that they don't have to turn that over, but they, in fact, do have to turn that over. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much um, for your your phone call. Good luck to you. I I do want to ask about some a a couple of because I'm I'm down on time. Obviously, crime is is a big issue right now. Big crime, small crimes, you know, and the and the like. If I get into a car accident with someone who has no insurance, okay, uh, what legal recourse do I have? Well, if you're involved in a car accident, are you saying you're in their car and they don't have insurance or somebody who's driving a car runs into your car and they don't have insurance? Either way. Either way. If I'm insured 
and I and I'm in a car accident. Uh, let, let let's say so. Let's say somebody hits me and they don't have insurance. Okay. Now on your policy, on the front page of your policy, there's a number. There's a lot of numbers in there. There's a lot of terms in there. You may see something that says PIP, personal injury protection. You may see something that says UM. Uh, Underinsured, I mean, UM is uninsured motorist. That's what you're talking about. And you may see UIM, underinsured motorist. That means they hit you, you suffered a terrible loss, and they don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is you go against your own policy. You can go against your own policy and collect those damages from your policy. Do I need a lawyer? You Well, here's my question. A lot of people ask that question. Do you need a lawyer? If you believe that you can go into a courtroom and you can talk to a judge who's been a lawyer normally quite a long time, you can oppose another guy who's gone to law school and is prepared to fight against you. But yet here you are not a lawyer and you think you can beat them. The The problem is most people cannot afford to go into court without a lawyer. Do you pull your own teeth? Folks used to do that, but Mm -hmm. now they go right to the dentist. Anytime there's an issue, a legal issue, you need to seek a lawyer. Why? Because like the other caller said, the other caller said she was paying a debt that she didn't know Mm -hmm. because it was ruining her credit. And and, and so she'd rather pay the debt than to pay an, an attorney like Donald Temple here that could help get her out of that huge debt. Somehow we don't understand. Take this evening, for instance. I'm going to be a little modest here. My hourly rate is $500 an hour. You pay me $500 an hour to sit and talk to me. Donald Temple is my senior, so obviously he charges more. But here is my point. My point is, why are not people blowing this line up to talk to two attorneys who's going to tell you? Free of charge. What the issue is. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to get something for nothing. You can't get something for nothing. For me to have practiced 40 years to support my family, send my kids to college, and to perfect my craft over a 40-year period, it costs. Man, I paid $30 to have a $1 battery put in my car fob. And I lost my mind. I told the guy, the guy says, well... Mr. Henry, how much money do you make an hour? Right. And I said, and you don't take coupons, don't. No, no. But I think there's another side to that. I don't. I don't charge either. Is I don't think it's all about money when it comes to our community and the laws of business, but also it's a calling for many people. And if we charge people in our community, we would never be able to help them because a lot of times they can't afford it. And so I, I, I don't think. Not, not, I mean, I think that's fine to, to charge people, but I also think that there are lawyers out here and you got to search for them and find them. But I, I, I'll go back to a point that I made. One hour or two hours with a lawyer can alter your destiny because you don't know what you don't know. And like Bobby said, there's people, and like the bankruptcy lawyer said here, particularly in these spaces where they're scientific, these laws are scientific and they're, and they're complicated and facts are complicated, but people... You know, um, I, I've been practicing for 44 years, and I have all kind of experiences, ups, downs, et cetera, et cetera, different courts, federal, state. But you learn lessons in the process. But we know 
what you don't know. It will save you years and time, mm -hmm. and you'll be able to use that information in your fight for your your struggle, whatever that struggle is, particularly when it involves your 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 property. So here's a, here's another here's another thing. Uh, police come knocking on my door, and they say, and I've not committed a crime, okay, um, and they say that. Uh, we believe that uh, you know that you are a person of interest, or per perhaps even a suspect in a a violent crime. We we believe you were at the club with a gun. Okay, when they knock on the door to my house, and I know I've not committed a crime, and I don't have a law. What what do I do? Well, the question is, first of all, do they have what? What are they asking? Mm -hmm. They want to talk to. And me. if you can, and, and if you don't have a lawyer and you haven't done anything, you should say absolutely not. You know, absolutely not. Absolutely what I, I don't. I will. I am not speaking to you. We can, and and then you have to assess the situation. If they say we have a warrant, that's different. But you never, and and, and I'm sure you're going to come. You, you never want to volunteer information without counsel because it will be used against you even if you know you you were not at the club with a gun even if you know is no reason to well my recommendation and I, my criminal lawyer colleague here can can speak to that but i i tell people you know and and that's one situation not to comment to you know mum's the word you don't have you are not obligated to talk and so you don't need to speak or respond simple as that Absolutely. You never say a word. Understand, you cannot talk yourself out of this. And I don't understand why people constantly think the more they talk, they're going to be able to talk this lawyer out. I mean, this this police officer out of arresting them, out of giving them a ticket. None of that stuff's going to happen. Keep it to yourself. Don't say anything because the documents that they're writing and especially today, because, Harold, what they you what they're using are a body cams. Everything's being recorded. There's video being taken. So everything that you say is being recorded. I had a case recently where the 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 the, the person was stopped beside the road. There was some road rage that was going on mm. and he gets out of his car with the police and he's cussing the police out. He's why are you doing this? He's going on. And he sat and told me, he says, no, I followed their directions. I said, you sure? I got the body cam and I was floored. I was floored. So you come in, you see. But, but understand, I'm, and I'm not talking about somebody who is not telling you the truth. Correct. I'm talking about, I wasn't at the it's club. Understood. I, was, I, I was at Bible study. We understood the, we understood the question. Okay. The, the answer is the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have no, I have a constitutional right not to say anything to you. Mm -hmm. And the other side to what Bobby is saying so many times, especially young people, and it's not just young people. I chaired the Civilian Complaint Review Board here in D.C. for three years. We heard a lot of police complaints. Um, and the thing about that is that when police stop you, shut up. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. No, sir. Turn your lights on in your car. Mm -hmm. You cannot win in that particular situation. You know, and so the best thing to do is to be hands on the steering wheel lights on window down may I help you even if you have to ask for your own protection if you have to ask my wallet is in the back of my pocket if i go to my back pocket upon a uh, to present identification 
it's a furtive gesture and it potentially it creates potential risk you can't win that and so you should always may i use may i I retrieve my wallet and you have to just be smart instead of emotional it's not a battle between you and the police at that stage and so you have to be sensitive to that yeah uh I, I am out of town. Ta- I am out of town. I am out of time. <laughs> and town. And town. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, uh, Tony from Bowie and Lisa from uh, California, I am so sorry that we didn't get to you. Obviously, uh, this is a, a very, very popular topic. We're going to have to do this uh, again because there are so many issues that people need to uh, have answered. However, before I go, uh, Georgette, how can people find you? Uh, do you have a website sure. you can I'm share a, I, real quick? I'm an equity partner in the law firm of Dilworth Paxson. So if you go to dilworthlaw.com, fine. Dilworthlaw.com? Correct. Okay. Uh, Bobby? Bobby, um, my email, bobbyghenry at gmail.com or Bob- bobby at henrylegalfirm.com. Yes. Okay. Let, let's do the website. What was that again? Bob. Um, Henry Legal Firm. Henry Legal, Legal Firm. Firm. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, <laughs> gosh, Donald Temple. Donald, thank you, Donald. I got so many, <laughs> so many lawyers that you, you, you scared me into not in, into my right to remain silent. Real quick. <laughs> Real quick. Temple Law. Temple Law uh, website. Uh, there you go. I gotta go. That is the daily drum for this Thursday. September 28th. I'm Harold Fisher. Good night.